You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 96. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour? Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. I spoke with Whitney Johnson, the founder and CEO of Whitney Johnson's Disruption Advisors. Our conversation was so in-depth and interesting, I decided to break it up into two episodes. So if you haven't heard the first part of our conversation, head on over to episode 95. You can find that on your favorite podcast player or on our website at youartechie.com slash 95. If you have already enjoyed the first part of our conversation, then without further ado, please enjoy the second part of my conversation with author, CEO, and disruption expert, Whitney Johnson. What is a goal you are working towards that you're still working towards believing you're capable of? And then what does it look like to work on believing? Yeah. So I have a goal to have one of my books on a bestseller list. It's been on an Amazon bestseller list. Okay. And we've sold enough books that it would have been on a bestseller list, but got flagged by the book counting gods with build an A team. So I believe that it can be on a bestseller list and we are working very hard for that to happen with the next book. Okay. But you believe it already. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the question is, you don't believe this yet. Oh, so you're still working on believing it's true. I'm not convinced because it sounds like a technicality to me. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I gotcha. All right. So The goal that I believe can happen is to make the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. The goal that I don't quite believe can happen is that I can someday have a New York Times bestseller book. Hmm. And so one thing I'm doing to help make that happen is I printed this out and I look at it every day. Oh, love it. So that it's in my brain. So that I do things that make it possible. It also, I did something that could help make it possible, though I still don't quite believe it, is that with my book, this book that I'm writing right now that's coming out next year, at one point, it was time to turn it into the publisher. And I thought to myself, you know, we can do everything that we need to do from a marketing perspective to have it be on a bestseller list. But do I believe that it is bestseller worthy? And so I had to have the very hard conversation of going to my publisher and say, I need another six weeks. And no one likes to 
have you break deadlines, but I did Mm -hmm. that so that when I turned the book in, I could say, this is the best book that we could have done right now so that I could believe, so that that belief that I wanted to have could be furthered because I had done everything that was in my power. That's beautiful. Okay. Tell us about the book. Okay. All right. So it's called Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. It is, you will, if you've read Disrupt Yourself or Build an A-Team, it will come as no surprise. Basically, the idea was in those two books, we've got the S-curve. It's kind of sort of in, working in the background. And I realized, and, and my, my business partner, Amy Humble said, you know, you need to bring the S-curve of learning into the foreground. And so this book, that is what we talk about. What does growth look like? What does the launch point of the S-curve look like? We talk about you explore and then you collect and then we go into the sweet spot where you're an accelerator and then you're a metamorph and then you get into mastery where you're anchoring the behavior and then you're a mountaineer and you keep climbing. And so there's one chapter on each part of that S-curve where we do a deep dive on how to make progress regardless of where you are on that curve. And so that is what the book is about. And smart growth is when you grow yourself, then you're capable of growing your people. And when you grow your people, then your company by definition will grow. I'm so excited. That sounds super interesting. Yes. I love it. I love it. Is it available for pre-order already? Uh, Yes. 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 Okay. So um, are you applying smart growth to your business? Oh yeah. All the time. Uh, So did you get the idea? Yeah. Which came first? Oh, Ellen, that's so hard to say. Um, (laughs) So, so I actually had one of our, our people who works on our, our, um, our S curve insight platform, who's does evaluations. He's a PhD. He said, you know, what's interesting about you, Whitney, is you make these vast intuitive leaps, and then you have to figure out how to get all the data to support the vast intuitive leap that you had. Mm -hmm. Um, I will call it inspiration and providential. It's probably not just me. So I know the S curve piece was over 10 years ago when we were doing the investing. And I had that thought of, oh, we could apply this to people. And I talked to this fellow by the name of Juan Carlos Mendes of trying to think through that. So that's been about 10 years out there. In terms of do we apply it to the business? Yeah. I mean, all the time we'll say, okay, so given what we're trying to get done right now, do we need people who are in mastery on the S curve? Do we need people at the launch point on the S curve? The hardest thing for me though, as I talk about you grow your people to grow your company, I am very task-oriented. I am very goal-oriented. The hardest thing for me to do is to focus on my people first. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to eat my own cooking every single day. And it's hard. It's hard because you just want to get that goal to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a good reminder for yourself. The more you write about it, the more... Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. You mentioned providential. So I'd love to hear about how your faith has impacted your work. Yeah, it completely and totally has. I think I'm a very devout Christian and absolutely believe that there is a higher power. And when I think about growth in particular, I was having a conversation with someone else yesterday and said, growth is our default setting. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, like we, we as human beings, we came to this planet wired and programmed to grow. And I believe that after we leave this planet, we will continue to have the opportunity to grow. That all centers around my my belief in God and 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 my my view of the universe and what we are here to do on this planet. So just a little bit that's beautiful. Thank you. So a little bit more on the growth there. So we're all here to grow. Yes. 
in, in how? Uh, that's a great question. Well, there are good ways to grow and there are probably not so good ways to grow. So we're here to grow in the sense of each one of us has inside of us this massive, massive potential and we can all feel it. I mean, whenever you hear about people changing jobs or there are impulses, I want to, I want to make a difference. I want to do something important and grand in the world. And so there's this just like a tree, just like a flower, just like any seed, there's something inside of us that says, I must grow. It is an imperative. And so when I say, how do we grow? It's to sort of, well, in biblical terms, it's to fulfill the measure of our creation, to fulfill the potential that is programmed in our DNA to fulfill. Ooh, that was good. Oh, that was so good. I love the way you kept that off. Okay. So this, we'll see how related this is, but I'd like to know, and this is from my, my research and thank you for introducing me to Bob Proctor. I knew who he was. I watched the secret, but I've definitely learned a lot about him from your podcast and since more research on him. So I'd love to know what you've learned and this could be influenced by Bob or not, but the question is influenced by him. But what have you learned about the subconscious mind that would change the way people live their lives if they understood it? Yep. It's a great question. Um, definitely something that I, I learned from Bob or he got me started on this path. So, you know, I, I was moving along in my career and saying, okay, things are going well. And I'm, you know, applying this framework of disruption, but there's something else that I'm missing. And, and yes, I'm really, you know, devout from a religious standpoint, but still there's this missing piece. And what I discovered from Bob is this idea of, we've got our mind and our mind, we've basically got our mind and our heart. And the thing that if people knew that would change for them is that our heart, our subconscious mind doesn't know whether we're telling the truth or lying. Mm. And so we're, we have all this wiring that happened from when we're children that thinks lots of things are true that are not. And um, does, it just doesn't, it can't differentiate or distinguish. But the good news of that is that when you decide that you want something to be true, like I can achieve this goal, you can tell yourself enough times that it is possible for it to happen. And then it will start to permeate into your subconscious because it doesn't know the difference between whether you're telling a truth or lying. And as it, as your subconscious starts to believe it, it will make it become true. And there was a time where you didn't know that or think that. Yeah. I didn't know that or think that. Yeah. And it changes everything, right? If you say to a, you know, a 17 year old girl, I want you to say to yourself, I am smart. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel that she's smart. She'll say, well, I can't say that it's not, it's not true. I'll mm-hmm. say, well, do you want it to be true? Right. And she'll say, well, yeah, I do want it to be true. And then I say to them, okay, well, your subconscious doesn't know the difference. So if you say to yourself enough times, I am smart, mm-hmm. I am loved. You say it over and over and over and over again with feeling eventually mm-hmm. your subconscious is going to believe it is true. And once your subconscious believes it's true, your seat of which is what's governing your behavior, you will start to behave as if you believe it and then it will become true. I love it. What I'm doing with my daughter is, you know, that term that we all hear like, oh, good girl, good girl. So with the baby, this is with the baby. I have five. She's my fifth. So I'm calling her brave girl. Oh, such a brave girl. You're such a brave girl. So as to, and I, that probably, I probably stole that from Brene, but like just making, probably, sh- but that's prob- okay. most things, most good things. But, <laughs> but I just think that 
why not? I mean, I hear, we hear so much of it in, in women not being confident in what they can do. And my own story is about how I was always super confident. And then when I stayed home with my kids, I lost my confidence. And of course, that failure led to so much learning and my ability to help other women through that, that feeling of knowing that they could be techie, even if they, you are techie, right? Like it's, but I think I named my company before I really understood all that. I just, you are techie. I just got mad because they were saying, I can't work the remote. I can't possibly be good at computers. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with being, having a tech career. It wasn't designed for you. You are techie. So, you know, I obviously knew it at some level, but I think that I, yeah, I think it's beautiful the way Bob says it and, and the repetition required. You know, we, we don't execute well. We don't, if, we, if you don't execute through a, rep, a repeated pattern, and then it, it won't get through to the subconscious, right? right? right I mean, right, right. yeah. Right, exactly. And I, I actually, as you were saying this, I want to go back and call something out because I think we have a real-time example of, of what we were just talking about. You asked me about a goal that I don't quite yet believe is true. Right. Of wanting to have a bestseller. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me to say. Really? really hard because you start to feel some shame around saying something that you want. You don't yet know if it will happen. And so I want to just call that out so that everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you are techie and saying, I want to change this when it feels a little bit uncomfortable and awkward to say it, that tells you that it actually really matters to you. And so be willing to do it, but know that it's going to feel uncomfortable. There's going to be a piece of you that's fighting it. So I just wanted to call that out. I realized when I said that this was really uncomfortable for me to do. And so that's important for me to identify it and show it and go back to the the meta conversation that we were having of how do we de-shame something? Thank you for sharing that because when you said it, I thought, oh, that's a little small. Of course, you're going to be a New York Times bestseller. Like it seems, it seems not that hard for me. It's very easy for me to believe that about you, right? I don't have that. I've read your books. I think they're amazing. Obviously, I wouldn't have you on if I wasn't so interested in it. And there's so much. So for me, that's easy to believe. It's super easy. Like you are a New York Times bestseller, but I love that you're putting it in your subconscious every day with a visual. Mm-hmm. And, and making it happen. And you don't even know all the pieces that it's going to take to make it happen. Right. 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 Or when it will happen. Right. Yeah. Or but again, I just wanted happen. to call that out so that anybody who's listening, you know, so that they can understand sort of the feelings that are also we're having as we're having this conversation. Right. And that those are no, that that's how you're supposed to feel. That's a little bit on the bottom of the S curve, right? Isn't that, I mean, that's how I view my community, people who are, who are coming in it's like, they're all on the bottom of the S curve. And then they just kind of listen to the podcast and they're like, maybe, but not me. So I'll call them out and be like, no, it is you. I do mean you, you know, the one you're thinking you can't do it, but it's an uncomfortable place to be. Yes. Because you don't always know because you, you can't be sure that it'll turn out. Okay. There's no security there. Nope. There's none except yeah. that we'll learn something in the process. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have some lightning round questions for you. We'll see how lightning they are. They don't have to be that lightning. (laughs) This one may, I don't, we'll see, but this one is what's one area of your life that you're not achieving at the level you would like and what's holding you back. Oh, um, that's an easy one. So I, I'm not achieving at the level I want to be. This is a brand new one. Actually. I figured out how to show up in the way that I want to show up with my family and sort of this cocoon of of COVID of, you know, kind of managing how I show up and really love the people that I'm interacting with. 
Um, but as I go back out into the world and start traveling and interacting with lots and lots and lots of people, um, you know, in the airport, et cetera, I'm not always that loving person that I want to be. I'm not mean, but I'm not maybe smiling at people. I'm sort of pulling in. And so an area that I'm not where I'm not where I want to be is that I want to be the same person and kind mm. and loving no matter where I am or who I'm talking to. That's that's the aspiration for me. Oh, that's great. And speaking of parenting, what's one thing that you love about the way you parented your children and one thing you would change, especially because you have college age children. So I'm really yeah. just stealing tips for myself. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that I would change is that I wouldn't ever say to myself, you're being a bad mother. Ooh, I wouldn't, I would not say that because again, what we just said, right. Our subconscious doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. And so I would say things like, Oh, I'm a bad mother. I would never, ever, ever, ever say that because we're always just doing the best that we can at any given time. I think something that I have done well as a parent is, is I model the behavior of changing for my children. They see me continually, continually, see this gets me emotional, striving to be a better person. And I think that um, I remember having, having my therapist say to me years ago, she said, what your children do, they're going to listen to about 10% of what you say. It's 90% of it is, is them watching you. And so I think I've done a really good job as a parent modeling growing and changing so that they know what that looks like. That's so beautiful. I love it. Um, what's one, what's something that you love doing that you could do more of? Mm, I have vacationing, Gwenny vacationing. <laughs> that's the answer. Oh, okay. We're going to tie those two together. So <laughs> I love hitting tennis balls and I want to do more oh. of that. And so next year I'm, I'm making I'm going to make a trip and I'm going to go take tennis lessons for several days. Mm. And the other thing that I love doing that I want to do more of, and I'm coming back to this is, is music. And so <gasps> I want to do more of that. Oh, I love it. I know where you should play tennis and I don't play tennis. Which Kiowa Island oh. in South Carolina. All right. It's I like will. our favorite place. We go there all the time. All right. I'm and I know you're an East coaster, so it's not yeah. far and they have yeah. great tennis and I know they have great pros, even though I don't play, I, pro I probably should, but well, you play five sports. Why not add a six? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shoulder thing. It's a shoulder. My shoulder's like, please stop. I'd have to play tennis left-handed, but, le le but yeah, it says, please stop. So, and this is my, this is kind of my signature question that I ask everyone, but I'm really excited for this one. So don't worry about lightning. What advice would you give to a mom considering entering the field of tech or making a similar disruption in her life? Mm. So my advice would be when you're thinking about it, be very watchful of the language that you're using, because if you're thinking about it, you probably believe that it's a possibility for you at some deep subterranean level. And so be very aware of the language that you might be using of, oh, well, women don't do this, or I'm not sure I could do it. And know that those are limiting beliefs and probably not true. And so that would be in my advice is to be aware of the language you're using around this, because if you're thinking about it and you're desiring to do it, and this is something Bob Proctor says, if you desire to do it, it's probably something that is, you know, deeply desire it is, is with, it is within the scope and realm of possibility for you. So then be aware of that language and then start shifting that language 
to make it possible of saying something as simple as I am a techie 10 times a day and see mm-hmm. how it feels. And you will start to see a shift in, in how you perceive that possibility for you. Oh, that was beautiful. Anything else you'd like to add or, and maybe you can tell people where they can find you. Mm. So I think the best place, given all the conversation that we've had, um, is to go, well, there's two things you can do. If you're curious about the vacation, you know, how to jump to a vacation S curve, you can go to whitneyjohnson.com forward slash vacation and download the PDF that will put you on my email list. If you want to unsubscribe, totally fine. I will never know. And then the other thing is to just listen to the podcast episode 80 is on disruption. 120 is on your strengths. 140 is on embrace constraints. And I actually did just have Sally Helgeson on the podcast who talks about women. And mm-hmm. so given that that's a good one, this is your topic. You may want to direct people there. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Whitney Johnson, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Alan. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.